tell you, uh, that would really change things, wouldn't it? I mean, every song that we sang, right? If, if I surrendered all, you know, if my life was in him, right? And, uh, you know, if I truly crowned Jesus Lord of all, not just part of my life, but all of my life, you know, it would radically change everything. I, I want to I, I start my clock. <laughs> Boom. There you go. Not that I pay attention to it, but at least it's there, right? It's a countdown clock. I, I, I want to start off this morning by reading three passages of Scripture that pretty much set up where we're heading this morning. The first is from Isaiah chapter 43. Isaiah writes, But now, O Jacob, listen to the Lord who created you. That's great advice, by the way. You know, to listen not to the world, to listen not to the voices of other people, to listen not just to our own voice, but to listen to the Lord who created us. But now, O Jacob, O Fred, O Steve, O Glenda, O Bill, O Don, listen to the Lord who created you. O Israel, the one who formed you says, do not be afraid, for I have ransomed you. I've called you by name. You're mine. When you go through deep waters, I will be with you. When you go through rivers of difficulty, you will not drown. And when you walk through the fire of oppression, you will not be burned up. The flames will not consume you, for I am the Lord your God, the Holy One of Israel, your Savior. Do not be afraid, for I am with you. And and I really like what he's about to say next. It's like God is saying through Isaiah, hey, no matter how far away you are, I can always bring you back. Do not be afraid, for I am with you. I will gather you and your children from the east and the west, from the north and the south. Bring my sons and daughters, because that's what we are, back to Israel from the distant corners of the earth. Bring all who claim me as their God, for I have made them for my glory. It is I who created them. God has created us for his glory. You were made to make a difference. And, and here's the next verse. It's, it's extremely familiar, but still true, nevertheless. It's about who we are as, as Jesus followers and what, what God has called us to do. You are the salt of the earth. But if your salt loses its saltiness, how can it be made salty again? It, it's no longer good for anything except to be thrown out and trampled underfoot. You are the light of the world. A town built on a hill cannot be hidden. And neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on its stand and it gives light to, the, to everyone in the home. In the same way, let your light shine before others that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. And here's the last one. Then he said to the crowd, if any of you wants to be my follower, you must turn from your selfish ways, take up your cross daily, and follow me. If you try to hang on to your life, you'll lose it. But if you give up your life for my sake, you'll save it. Uh, what good is it for someone to, to gain the whole world and yet forfeit or lose their very self? Amen. And may God, a righteous, all-powerful God, bless the reading of his living, active, 
and enduring forever word. Now, now last week, we, we kicked off our, our three-year strategic plan called Pursue. Why the word pursue? Because that's exactly what we want to do as a people and as a church. We want, and no, we don't want, but we as a church, we as a people are going to go after, we're going to chase, we're going to seek, we're going to pursue the mission, the compassion, and the actions of Jesus. And why this three year time frame? Because Jesus' ministry lasted three years, from, from his baptism uh, to his death. And at the very end of his ministry, Jesus prayed in the garden to the Father. He says, I have brought you glory by completing the work you gave me to do. Well, pursue is about pretty much the same thing. It's about you. It's about me. It's about Maple Grove standing before our Savior King three years from now. And saying to him, Lord, we have brought you glory, not simply by hanging out in a building once a week, but we have brought you glory by completing the work that you gave us to do. Maple Grove, God has given us some stuff to do. Compassion, evangelism, discipleship. And we want to do them with great intentionality. Because evangelism, sharing our faith, discipleship, growing in our faith, and compassion, demonstrating our faith, doesn't happen accidentally, right? We don't just show up one day and find out we've been showing compassion or growing in our faith or sharing our faith. We have to be intentional about it. And that's kind of the key word. We want to be intentional about these things in the next three years. Get it? Good. You know, this week I shared with a bunch of different guys in my D groups how, at least for me, I'm making pursue about me, uh, about me in a, in a good way. You see, I'm determined, I'm determined that pursue is going to be both an ending and a beginning for me, an ending, you know, for me, living for me, and the beginning of me becoming the me that God created me to be. I mean, and just imagine what God could do in us and through us, through this place, if we all did the same thing. If we all said, God, you know what, God, for the next three years, God, next three years, Father, I'm going to pursue you. I'm going to pursue your purposes. I'm going to pursue sharing my faith and growing in my faith and demonstrating my faith. I'm going to pursue you with great intentionality like never before for the next three years. Can you imagine what would happen, right, if we all did that individually because all we are collectively is a bunch of us gathered together, right, doing great things for God. Maple Grove, welcome to day eight of Pursue. We have 1,089, or 1,088 days left, I believe. And this morning, uh, we kick off a brand new message series called Life on Mission. You were made to make a difference. And I love those last seven words. You were made to make a difference. And I got to tell you, I am, I'm extremely fired up about this series. Why? Because living our life on mission is what pursue is all about. I mean, last night about 830, you know, I I go over my message, I say, hey, I want to go over my message in this room. And I, and I came into this room, and, 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 and I, I had my sermon binder, and I came over here by this rock. 
and I worship and I prayed. And, and this rock's been here like for four years, and you know, it, not just because it's heavy to move, but and we never talk about it enough. But th- this rock was placed here when we talked about October, the fall of 2010, to say, hey, we, we want Jesus to be the cornerstone of our church. We want Jesus to determine what we do, what we say, how we do it, who we become. And, and, and this rope is just a reminder of, of, you know, that this rope is, you know, it's, unfortunately, I couldn't get a rope that stretches to infinity, but this is like a really long rope with a really short red tape to remind us that this life here is just this, you know, but eternity goes on forever. And, 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 and let's use this, right, to prepare for a greater eternity. Let's use this time here, you know, to bring more and more people with us so they can experience life forever. And, and so, you know, I, I just prayed and, 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 and I worshiped in here. And then, then, I, then I, I walked outside and I looked up into the sky and, 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 and I, I saw all those stars in the sky. And I was just blown away by God. You know, that, that I could belong to God, that God would love me, that God would want me, that God would allow me to be a part of his church, his, his family. Life on mission is what pursue, it's what it's all about. And, and now this, this life on mission diagram is something you're going to be seeing a lot of over the next three years because it, it depicts the core ingredients of, of a life lived on mission. You see, a life that is lived on mission is a life that belongs, grows, serves, and engages. And here's the deal, here's the deal. If we, if you, if I, if we, if we center our lives, if, if we center our, 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 our focus and our effort, if, if we center our, our, our attention and our energy on those four things, on belonging and, and growing and serving and engaging, our lives will matter, our lives will bring glory to God, our lives will be on mission, and they will be lives of meaning and lives of purpose. And, and so this morning, October the 19th, the year of our Lord, 2014, uh, we're going to talk about the place we're living a life on mission, we're living a, a life of purpose and meaning always begins. Maple Grove, you were made to make a difference. And that difference begins with belong. Would you pray with me as we begin this journey together? Father, we love you and we humbly come into your presence. How could we come otherwise? You're so righteous and good and powerful, so holy and just. And God, You know who we are. You know what we're supposed to do. God, I pray that you would move in us in a powerful way, that we would would hear your voice. Father, thank you for who you are and who we are in you. Father, enable me to, to speak in a way that inspires and challenges all of us to live a life on mission for you. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, let's do this. Um. As we begin this life on mission journey, we're going to answer those age-old questions. Questions like, why am I here? Oh, who who am I supposed to be? What am I supposed to do? What is the meaning, not just of life, but what is the meaning of my life? I understand these are questions that every person who's ever sucked air on this planet has asked. And there, there are four main points in your notes this morning. 
Uh, you know, meaning, everybody's looking for it. Meaning, not many find it. Meaning, where it begins. And, and meaning, how it is sustained. You know, and, and for those of you who, who tweet and use Twitter, you know, of Dorn Pursue, you know, this three years, you know, hashtag MG. I think we, gotta, we have a slide for that. Hashtag MG Pursue is how we're going to hashtag what God's talking about pursue. Stuff you're doing. Hashtag MG Pursue. Uh, you know, I, this happened today. Whatever. All right. And, and then um, hashtag MG Life on Mission. Just so we can track what God is doing. And social media, you know, is a great tool for people to share. Okay, meaning everybody is looking for. Uh, once upon a time, a, a young camel who was trying to figure out the meaning of his life, a camel, he came up and asked his mom, hey, hey, mom, why do I have these huge feet and only three toes? And his mom said, well, son, you know, our feet are large because they keep us from sinking down into the desert sand as we walk across it. He goes, okay, that's, that's good. Then he asked his mom another question. He says, hey, how come I have these long, how can we have these long eyelashes? Well, son, it's the desert's full of sand, and the wind blows in the desert, and the sand gets caught up in the wind, and your eyelashes keep the sand from getting your eyes. He goes, okay, that's good. And one more question, Mom. Why do we have these large humps on our back? And she goes, well, you know, there's not a lot of water in the deserts, and in these humps we store water so that we can travel long distances and still have water. And he began to ponder all this and finally said, okay, Mom, let me get this straight. Uh, we have these huge feet so we don't sink in the sand. We have eyelashes that, so that the sand doesn't get in our eyes. And with these humps on our back so we can walk across the desert. And mom goes, yeah, that's right, son. And th- then he had a very confused look on his face. And he finally asked her, and then why do we live in the San Diego Zoo? Sorry. Now, maybe this morning you feel pretty much the same way. I mean, you're thinking, okay, I, I know God created me a certain way, that, that he, gave me, uh, he, he gave me different talents and abilities, uh, that, that he, he, he chose for me to live at this particular time in history, and at least for the time being, he has placed me in the state of Virginia. But why am I really here? Why do I have huge feet, <laughs> large eyelashes, and two humps on my back, and yet find myself living in the San Diego Zoo. I, I mean, it seems like there's got to be more to life than this, something else, something more, something better. Yeah, the meaning of life, everybody is looking for it. And there's a reason for that, and that reason for that is God. In Ecclesiastes 3.11, we read this. He has planted eternity in men's hearts and minds, a, divinely implanted sense of purpose working through the ages which nothing under the sun but God alone can satisfy. You see this desire, this search for purpose, significance, and meaning that everybody seems to be on was placed in our hearts by God. He has planted eternity in men's hearts and minds, a divinely implanted sense of purpose working through the ages which nothing under the sun but God alone can satisfy. Bottom line, we were born this way. We were born with an innate desire to have our lives count, to, to have our lives matter, to have our lives mean something. Uh, we were born with this innate desire to live our lives with a sense of mission, of meaning, and of purpose. 
And, and since this desire is strong and unrelenting, people with great intensity are, are, are looking for ways and things that, that, that will give them life, that will give them meaning. And in this search, they look to all kinds of things. You know, maybe this will give my life meaning. They look to things like, like, like stuff. And you, maybe having stuff will give my life meaning. Maybe if I have some status, that'll give my life meaning. Maybe if I achieve some success, or, or, or if I experience some pleasure, or if I have some great relationships, maybe if I have these things, maybe they will give my life meaning and purpose and give my life significance. Meaning everybody is looking for it. Meaning not many find it. I understand, though, everyone is looking for it, though people are expending vast amounts of time and energy to find it, very few wind up holding real meaning and purpose in their hands. In fact, even when it looks like they're holding it, many times it's nothing more than a photo op or an Instagram. It's a pose. It's not reality. It's not real. It's not solid. Solid. It's not satisfying, salad, <laughs> and many times it's not even us, right? It's just what we thought we were supposed to do in order to have what we know we need to have. And we got it, but it didn't work. But at least we can post it on Facebook so people think it worked, right? Here, look how my happy life is. We had the perfect vacation. It really wasn't that good, but it looks good in that picture, right? It's just a photo op. And other people see it and get depressed. My vacation was terrible. I mean, what if we Facebook and tweet it? What, I, I had this thing about, a video came in on my Facebook, preachers talking about, what if preachers tweeted how they really felt? You know, great day Sunday. The guy said, what if I just say, hey, man, I want to quit. <laughs> that was horrible. Worst Sunday in the world, you know. But that, that wouldn't look good, right? That's not the image. And, you know, it's tragic, the search and not finding it because, a life without purpose, meaning, or mission isn't really a life worth living. A life without purpose, meaning, or mission isn't really worth living. You know, it's no coincidence that as our society has become more sophisticated and that so-called sophistication has taught us such, such affirming things like we are nothing more than the products of chance organic evolution, nothing more than pond scum, uh, that crawled up on the beach one day and got lucky, uh, that depression and addictions and violence and the suicide rates have gone off the charts. I, I mean, how could my life have any meaning or purpose if a million years ago someone took a left instead of a right? Today, instead of being a person, I'd be a maggot. Right? If someone took the wrong turn, that's who I'd be today. See, understand whether a culture wants to admit it or not, once you pull God out of the equation... You don't really have very many meanings for life left. At least not any good ones, not any sustaining ones. And listen, the things that people try to grab onto to find meaning and purpose, it can't hold them. I mean, it's like, imagine you're falling over a cliff and you're trying to grab on the twigs on the way down to hold you. They just can't support your weight. And here, here's the truth. Man-made purposes 
cannot support my life or yours, at least not for a very long time. Maple Grove, looking for meaning in all the wrong places will always leave us. Looking for meaning and purpose in all the wrong places will always eventually leave us empty and dry in the end. Which, by the way, is what God's people were doing during the days of the prophet Jeremiah. Looking for life, looking for meaning, looking for purpose in all the wrong stuff. God says this. They have turned away from me the spring of living water. In other words, they've turned away from me the very source of life and meaning and purpose and significance. And they dug their own wells of status, success, security, stuff, accomplishments, experience, relationships, which are what? They're broken. They cannot hold water. And here I got no, I was supposed to bring something up for illustration. Just pretend. Pretend I have a pitcher of water here. And I have a cup. I do have water. Here's my cup. Right? And and when we look for meaning and status and success, guess what? Here's my cup. Can't hold it. It can't hold it. it. It can't sustain it. They've turned away from me. Spring of living water. And they dug their own wells, which are broken, and cannot hold water. And listen, it doesn't matter who we are, how smart we are, how many other people in our world applaud our efforts. <laughs> Looking for life and meaning in all the wrong places cannot, does not, and will not work. Case in point, King Solomon, third king of Israel. He was a man who dug many wells and grabbed onto many twigs, trying to find meaning and purpose. And at the end of it all, he found that it was all meaningless. He actually wrote a book about it called Ecclesiastes. You read it and you're thinking, this guy needs some anti-depression medicine, right? You know, hide the shark objects, man. You read that book like, whoa. As a young person, you're thinking, this guy's crazy. As an older person, you go, yeah, I know what he's talking about. (laughs) He says, I said to myself... That's always the first sign, right? You're talking to yourself. I said to myself, come, now let's give pleasure a try. Let's look for the good things in life. But I found that these, this too was meaningless. It's silly to be laughing all the time. I said, what good does it do to seek only pleasure? After much thought, I decided to cheer myself with wine. I love this next. While still seeking wisdom, I clutched at foolishness. That is so good. Yeah, I'm seeking wisdom, but I can't because I'm clutching over here at foolishness. In this way, I hope to experience the only happiness most people find during their brief life in this world. I also try to find meaning by building huge homes for myself and by planting beautiful vineyards. I made gardens and parks, filling them with all kinds of fruit trees. I built reservoirs to collect the water to irrigate my many flourishing groves. I bought slaves, both men and women, and others uh, uh, were born into my household. I also, uh, I also owned great herds and flocks, more than any of the kings who lived in Jerusalem before me. I collected great sums of silver and gold, the treasures of many kings and provinces. I hired wonderful singers, and both men and women. And we had, 
many, and had many beautiful concubines. Yeah, he ain't lying there. He had like 300, right? 700 wives, 300 concubines. I had everything a man could desire. So I became greater than any of the kings who rolled in Jerusalem before me. Anything I wanted, I took. I did not restrain myself from any joy. I even found great pleasure and hard work and additional reward for all my labors. But as I looked at everything I had worked so hard to accomplish, it was all so meaningless. It was like chasing the wind. Try that today. See, see let me know if you catch it. There was nothing really worthwhile anywhere. He's like, why do I feel like I have everything I have, but yet I find myself living in the San Diego Zoo? And listen, our world is full of people who took the same path and who feel the same way. Robin Williams, right, our latest example. Just didn't work. And believe me when I tell you, if looking for life in all the wrong places didn't work for Solomon, He's better at it than any of us will ever be, right? If it didn't work for him, it's not going to work for me. It's not going to work for you. He wrote this. He's kind of like you and I, right? We know a lot more than we do. Right? And sometimes we think because we're convicted, that's a good thing. And I was convicted when I went to the dentist that I was going to floss every night, right? Well, did I floss every night? I was convicted I need to love my wife, did I? I was convicted I need to forgive that person, and did I actually do it? So Solomon wrote a lot of stuff he didn't do. He's just like you and I, so I didn't want to see it. Oh, look at him. There's a way that appears to be right, but in the end leads to what? Leads to death. Death to what? You know, death to, for one thing, you know, it leads to the death of God's dreams and purposes and intentions for us. Okay, here's the deal, the real deal, the raw deal. Many times people often do get what they wanted, what they want after but when they got what they wanted, they found out they didn't really want what they got. Get it? Good. Sure, they gained the whole world. They got the stuff. They got the status. They got the attention they wanted by the way that they dressed. But what did they lose in the process? Jesus said in the passage we read at the top today, what good is it for someone to gain the whole world and yet lose or forfeit their very self? In other words, what, what, what good is it? What good is it to reach our personal goals, to, to be a massive success, to have the world applaud us if in the end we lose our very self? If in the end we miss out on the very purpose, the very reason for our existence? The reason why God created us. I mean, does it really matter if we finish in first place, if we're running the race on the wrong track? Hey, what? Well, it's the wrong track. It's the wrong track. Meaning everybody's looking for it. You, me, everybody, right? It's planet. God, planet. Yeah, we're not supposed to just, oh, okay, just survive, whatever. No, meaning and purpose. It's in us. It's innate. And not many are finding it. I mean, have you found it? Have you, have you found it today? Are you holding it in your hand? Or is it so elusive to you? Meaning where it begins. It begins, uh, I'm sorry, it's a Sunday school answer, but that's all right. It begins with God. 
It, it, it begins with the one who created you. Your meaning begins with the one who breathed life into your body. It begins with the one who formed the heart that's inside your chest that has already beat it um, 8,400 times since the sun rose today. 8,000 times that heart's already beat since you got up, since the sun rose. And every day, it's gonna, your heart's going to beat 100,000 times. 100,000 times every single day. Now, I, I don't know, but I, do you think that the one who created that and created you might have some kind of clue who you are and what you're supposed to do and be? David said this, you are the one who put me together inside my mother's body, and I praise you because of the wonderful way you created me. Everything you do is marvelous. Of this I have no doubt. Nothing about me is hidden from you. I was secretly woven woven together deep in the earth, but with your own eyes you saw my body being formed even before I was born. You have written in your book everything I would do. I understand, God knows everything about you. He, he, he knows when you sit up. He knows when you lie down. He, he knows the exact number of hairs on your head. And for some of us, that's getting easier every day, right? You know, he, he knows you. He knows you. And you matter to him. Repeat after me. I matter to God, and that's all that matters to me. Now with a little more passion. <laughs> I, matter I matter to God, God. and that's all that, all. that matters, that matters. To, me. to me. I remember one time shouting, more than one time, outside, just going outside, I matter to God! That's awesome. That's incredible. And listen to the question, why am I here? Why was I born? God says to you today, you're here because I love you. You're, you're here because I, I carefully created you in your mother's womb. You're, you're here to know me and to be known by me. I'm convinced that if God were here today in person, invisible, he would look each of us in the eye and he would say this right here. It's going to go up on the screen. Here's what he'd say. My child, you are here, you exist, you were born because I love you and because I have a vision, I have plans, I have a purpose for your life. He would say that to me, and he would say that to you. He would say, you are here for a reason, you're here for a mission. The Bible says in Proverbs 16, 4, the Lord has made everything for his own purpose. I understand God never made anything without a purpose. Every star, every plant, every animal, every person, including me, including you, was created with and for a purpose. And God's purpose, God's plan, God's mission for you, no matter where you are, no matter where you've been, no matter how you feel, is good. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you, not to harm you. Plans to give you a hope and a future. Is that good news or what? Are you kidding me? God, capital G God, has plans, has thoughts, has desires, has intentions for me. God created me. I'll go ahead and say the date. I almost didn't. I want to think I'm younger. God created me, you know, Nine months before, February the 4th, 1960, the day my body entered the world. And he has plans. He has purpose. He says, you know what? 
in Virginia in 2014, I need to create, I need to create Ray now, and I need to create you know, uh, Sandy now and Bill now because I need them for my glory now at that period of time. More good news is this, for we are God's masterpiece. We are not our own masterpiece. We are not the world's masterpiece. We are God's masterpiece. He has created us anew in Christ Jesus so that we can do the good things he planned for us long ago. Again, are you kidding me? This big, huge guy who breathes out stars. When he created me, he says, you know what? There's stuff I want Steve to do. There's stuff I want Fred to do. There's stuff I want Glenda to do, Sheila to do, and Tom to do. And I, it's a part of my plan. And it's not stuff they can't do. Matter of fact, it's stuff they can do. It's stuff they were created to do. It's stuff they were designed to do because it's who they are. The Bible says in Proverbs chapter 9, verse 10, knowing God results in every other kind of understanding. Uh, Did you want to understand the meaning of your life? Do you want to know the purpose, why you're here, what you're supposed to do? Well, we find our purpose, our mission, our meaning by getting to know God. Where does it begin? Where does a life on mission begin? It begins with God. Colossians 1.16 puts it this way. For everything, absolutely everything, above and below, visible and invisible, everything got started in him and finds its purpose in stuff, in status, in success, in the world's applause. No. Finds its purpose where? In him. Okay? Tell three people, tell three people, look in the eye and say, you'll find it in him. Okay? We got, we got 10 seconds, 15 seconds to do it. You'll find it in him. 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 Rick Warren writes in his book, opening chapter, The Purpose Driven Life, the purpose of your life is far greater than your own personal fulfillment, your peace of mind, or even your happiness. It's far greater than your family, your career, or even your wildest dreams and ambitions. If you want to know why you were placed on this planet, you must begin with God. You were born by his purposes and for his purposes. We were made by God and for God. Anybody want to live a life on mission? To live a life of mission, it begins with God, and it requires surrender. Dang it. <laughs> You're going so good, Steve. In fact, without surrender, we will not, we cannot live a life on mission. And he, that is Jesus, said to the crowd, if any of you wants to be my follower, you must turn from your selfish ways, take up your cross daily, and follow me. And my notes, I circle, I got crazy looking notes, but all those yours there. Seriously? If any of you wants to be my followers, you must turn from your selfish ways, take up your cross daily, and follow me. If you try to hang on to your life, you will lose it. But if you give up your life for my sake, you will find it. You'll find it. If you give up yourself and you you surrender to God, you will find what you're looking for. And we sang a song about surrender, right? It's 72% I surrender, 72.2% I, no, it's what? It's all, right? I surrender all. 
What good is it for someone to gain the whole world and yet lose or forfeit their very self? I mean, what good is it to go after? What good is it to pursue stuff and, and status and security and the process? Lose your very self. I understand, in order to find ourselves, we must lose ourselves so that God can show us a self that is not about stuff, that is not about status, that is not about success. See, in order to find ourselves, we must lose ourselves so God can show us a self that has nothing to do with your status, that has nothing to do with your stuff, that has nothing to do with your success, but has everything to do with belonging to the sovereign king of the universe, the Lord of glory. It begins with God. And requires us dying to our selfish ways, laying down our lives and picking up our cross and embracing him and his mission of evangelism, discipleship, and compassion. I cannot and you cannot pursue God and yourself at the same time. We cannot pursue his mission and our mission at the same time. We must surrender daily, Daily, that's why I love a reminder, man. Daily, I got to surrender, man. I, I got to pursue God. How am I going to do that today? I sit on the, at least I've done it good for seven days. I got a lot to do, but I sit on my bed in the morning and I look at this. What am I going to do today to pursue God? Meaning, it begins with God. It requires surrender. How is it sustained in a word community? All the believers were together, had everything in common, and they sold property and possessions to give to anyone who had need. All the believers were together and had everything in common. Uh, They sold property and possessions to give to anyone who had need. Every day they continued to meet together in temple courts. They broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. They were doing what they were supposed to be doing, and God did what only he could do, and the Lord added daily to their number those who were being saved. We cannot live a life of mission alone, right? It's not how God wired up the system. Instead, God wired the system in such a way that we need each other for encouragement. We need each other for support. Uh, we need each other for accountability. Uh, Tuesday morning, after I, I left my D group, I, I posted the following on my Facebook wall. Okay, I know I've said it many times before, but I just have to say it again. Meeting with my D group, Kemper, Bob, Dan, Mark Vandenabel, Brad Sorrell, every Tuesday at 6 a.m. is one of the high points of my week. Journeying with you guys means more to me than you know. Hashtag together is better. Hashtag a cord of six strands is not easily broken. See, it's sustaining community. You know what? We need each other's support, each other's encouragement, each other's accountability. You know, a couple, this coming Saturday, we have our next group link. And, and, and if ever there was a time, if you're not in a group, you know, to really join into one and do life with some people, it's now, right? To get your life on mission. It, it will change your life to be a, a live a life on mission. Your life will be more fuller, more meaningful, more satisfying. Your light will burn brighter, and this world will be better as we do this together. Life on mission. Okay, let's, let's begin to wind this puppy down. A life lived on mission matters. A life lived on mission brings glory to God. A life lived on mission is a life of meaning and purpose, and it begins with belong. 
It begins with belong. And again, are you, does it blow you away? You get to belong to God. <laughs> uh, that God wants to adopt you as your son and as his son and daughter. Does that blow you away? Are you excited that you get to be part of the family of God, the church, the bride, the body, the hope of this world? And I'm going to end, I'm going to end, and it's like a real end, kind of, <laughs> sort of, um, making a statement, giving an illustration, then just offering a challenge. Here's the statement right here. It's never too late. Moses was 80, right, at that bush? It always makes me feel good, right? And, you know, you know I was ahead of the curve a little bit there, right? Um, it's never too late to become who you might have been and do what you were created to do, right? It's never too late. I mean, today can be the day, right? Every day you wake up, God, I'm living a life on mission. And, and when, I, when I get off track, there's going to be a brother or sister to get me back on track. And, and here, here, here's the illustration. I have a hammer. Now, now imagine if you had no idea what a hammer was for. You may think, hey, you know what? It, it, it makes a, a really good paperweight. You know, you know what? It is a phenomenal back scratcher. You know, I can use it to comb my hair. I can maybe pick my teeth with it. If I was really small, it could be a cane, right? And, and you know what? Through the years, you know, I, I may have, I may have you know, held some good paper down. You know, I may have scratched a few itches, right? You know, I, 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 I may have you know, picked a few pieces of salad out of my teeth. <laughs> but just imagine, just think about how many... How many nails I could hammer? You know, how many buildings I could have built if I actually took and used this hammer for its purpose, for what it was created for? Yeah, you may have some status and you may have some stuff, you know, but, but what if your life, what if you lived your life fully and completely for God's purpose. And, and here's, the, here's the challenge. The challenge is, number one, to live our lives on mission from this day forward. Don't you love God? Every day is a new day. Every day is a chance for a new beginning. Every day is a, is a new day to try to get it right this time. You know, that's why I love Paul. Hey, you know, forgetting what's behind, press on. Say, hey, you know what, I've been living for the wrong stuff, and my life hasn't been on mission, but hey, you know what, from this day forward, say, God, I want to line my life with your mission, because you created me. You know why my feet are so big. You know why I have the humps on my back. You, you know why my ally, you know why I am who I am, and I want to do what you created me to do. See, I am convinced, because it's true, that, that, that there is a life that God created every one of us to live. And before I take my last breath on this earth, I want to live it. And I want to help everybody else live it. Number two, you know, to not only be convicted about this, but to be intentional about this. Right? Because conviction, you know, sometimes we, again, we think that's enough, but a conviction doesn't get it done. It's just a starting process, right? God convicts me all the time, right? But I don't always respond and do what I'm supposed to do. And to say, hey, I'm, I'm going to intentionally do this. And so, so here, here, here's where we're at, you know. And, and I know that, we're, you know, today we're all at different places in our spiritual journey. Uh, but that doesn't matter. Uh, because the challenge is the same. 
for each and every one of us to live our lives regardless of our age, regardless of our gender, regardless of whether we're a Florida State fan or a Alabama fan. You know, to live our life on mission. And I guarantee when we do that, because God is true, that our lives will be fuller, our lives will be more satisfying, our lives will have more meaning and more purpose, and our light will burn brighter, and this world will be a better place one life at a time. So no matter where we are, God, they say, you know, are we going to do this? Am I going to do this? Am I going to live my life on mission? Forgetting what is behind and pressing on towards what is ahead. And uh, we're going to sing a song right now, and I hope you're blown away. I'm not blown away enough by it. But I was, I looked up the stars, you know, this song, How Deep the Father's Love for Us. Do you know know how much he loves you? How much he wants to be with you? How much he wants to work in your life? How much he wants you? He said, man, don't, man, don't, don't lose yourself, (laughs) you know, don't, don't lose the life I have for you by chasing things that are never yours to begin with that you shouldn't pursue. And so as we sing about this deep love God has for us, I just pray you hear his voice and know that, man, today can be the beginning of a new day, a new you, a new purpose, a new significance. Would you stand and pray with me? God, we love you. We're blown away. God, we know us. The fact that you would still pursue us with all our junk, with our attitudes, with our sin, with our failures, with our broken promises, with our seeking life in all the wrong places. But God, today we can declare that we're going to live for you and you alone. And God, I pray that as we sing about your love, we realize how deep it is and how much you long to be with us. In Jesus' name, amen.